Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Bradley Wright Phillips with the touch. One-time hit. Wright Phillips is there. New York's got another. BWP scores twice in minutes. Can Rio Conker go the whole way? He's in the penalty area. Nigel shoots. Scores! His first goal in MLS. <laughs> this ball deflected. And what a goal! You can't do it any better than that. The greatest goal scorer this team has ever known, number 99, Bradley Wright Phillips. I'm just going to fire these guys up more, especially Nigel over here watching his old highlights. You're kidding, my friend. No, it's because we, listen, scored against Tottenham. That's it. That's all you need to do, score against them. Yeah, play that as much as you want. (laughs) The the video quality on one of those highlights looked the same as your Soldier Boy highlight. Yeah, it was the same camera guy. (laughs) (laughs) Using that Nokia flip phone. Got the brick. He was playing Snake. This was before Samsung HD phone, right? Yeah. There you go, old school. Yeah, this was before the We had the beepers fire. still back then. Nice. Big, big pager guy over here. All right, uh, welcome back to Morning Footy. We're going to play a little game now of Make Your Case. So what we're going to do is each of these guys are going to make a case for the player, most like our two friends here on the desk. But mm. first I want to start out, Nigel. Oh, let's just, go to the guest first. No, <laughs> well, I... I want to start with you okay. because that's what we're going to do. You've been here all week. We're going to go, you know, from scared. left to right. It's okay. No. It's okay, man. I love but the way Ali first... says that. You've been here a week. Like, they're getting ready to evict me on yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah. Straight away. Can't wait to get rid of when me. When she said you've been that's... here a week, did you hear the sigh from everyone behind the camera? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <sighs> okay. All right. I want you to start. We just saw some of your highlights there. To have you describe what you were like as a player. Just simple. Box to box. Old school. When we were growing up... For the, for the people watching at home who don't know what that means, can you dig a little deeper? If you don't know what box-to-box box means as a football fan, pick another sport to watch. No, I'm joking. Box-to-box <laughs> uh, box just basically means a, a centre midfielder that does work in both boxes. Box defending-wise and also helping the attack in the opposite box. So in our generation of growing up, you weren't considered a player if you weren't box-to-box. Box. So in centre midfield, specifically my position you had to be box-to-box to, box to be able to play. Because most of the time, all teams played 4-4-2, and it was me versus you. So you had to be very athletic, you had to have the energy, you had to be able to go box-to-box, box unless you had real technical quality and ability to just be a PLO and make passes happen, or manage to balance it off with someone who's got the legs to make it box-to-box, box, while does one does more sitting. So that game, or that style of play, no longer exists kind of thing. So there are players now who are... It gen- does it there are way. players who can do yeah, it, but yeah. there isn't a lot. So that art has gone where now you are specifically either specifically sitting or specifically attacking. That's it. But the box-to-box element has gone of the game. There are a few players who can do so it. So you're, basically, love you're basically two players in one. Two players in one who can tackle hard. Or <laughs> I, I, two half players. Ali, I was, one of those, <laughs> I was one of those players you just didn't want that smoke with. Uh, well, I it's can true. attest to that here on the desk. I don't want to smoke with you here <laughs> yeah. either. Um, smoke with the best Okay, thing. that was a great little explainer. So that said, 
who is a player that you think most uh, reminds you of your style of play in the current game? Not easy, you know, because you were like a very specific style of player. And you're right. Modern times, you don't see players like you. Uh, they don't I, make them like they, you anymore. They, they don't make them like me anymore. I keep telling them. It got discontinued is what I like. The only person I would say, and Brad and I said is actually Paulino. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paulino. Paulino. Me. Yeah. yeah, I can but see that for the sure. The only difference between me and him is I can still carry the ball forward. Yeah, I can Nigel drive can, with the ball. You can drive out. Alin is a bit, he's a bit more effective set plays yeah. in his own box and offensively, but I see that box to box. That's it. All right, anything else you want to add? You've got about 10 seconds left on the clock. They don't make them like me anymore, people. I'm telling you, I'm special. <laughs> All right. I'm an outliner. Simple. <laughs> All right, well, uh, Bradley, you'll go next and uh, give your case for a player that you think is most like our friend Nigel here. Yeah, I, I spoke to Nigel before and I say like Jao Paulina, but I'll, I'll give you one over here. Um, Abina Wobodo. FC Cincinnati. Ooh, okay. I think that's a player that can cover, you know, both areas of the field. He can get up and down. He's not afraid to put his foot in. He, he's got good distribution. Mm -hmm. um, breaks out of midfield with, driving with the ball, not just passing. Don't just want to break the lines passing. He can drive out of the ball. That's what made, for me, Nigel good. When you're chasing a guy like that, like, all day, right. running beyond the strikers, it's a nightmare. Nigel's very good at that. So I'll tell you what, what is a little like Nigel. I can see that. I went, um, it was tough, because at first I was like, maybe like a Declan Rice who can play defensively, but he likes to be a bit more offensive, whereas you, I think, were the opposite. The name I picked was Gravenberg from uh, Liverpool. Okay. Uh, can play defensively, uh, prefers to be more defensive. He might be a bit, a bit better at passing through balls, you know, breaking lines with passes. But what I liked about you was getting forward, you didn't see a drop-off in quality. When Neil Ry uh, Nigel Rio Coker went forward, you said, "I right, he's just as good yeah. in this final third as he was in the, in the, in the defensive uh, area. And I think Gravenberg, I think, fits that. Also, yeah, he sits he, on the yeah, bench. He was had to disrespect, disrespect me for a little thing. <laughs> no, 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 I was going to say Jorginho, <laughs> but I thought you were better offensively. Passes. Yeah. Hey, listen, I made a lot of passes at Highbury and Emery, so we used to <laughs> right. beat you guys, right? Was at well, we used club. to mug you up. Calm down, bro. All right, so I also get to choose here who made the best case. And Nigel kind of made two cases in, in one. And so I'm going to give Nigel the nod here because I'm with you, my friend. They don't make them like you anymore. There you go, Ali. Nice. That's, that's there you go. There's the un no one compares That's Nigel why you Rio saw Coker. Rio Coke in Kansas City. There you go. I did. <laughs> I did. I, I shared that yesterday. I did see a West Ham United Nigel Rio Coker kit. I almost bought it off the man's back. Oh, wow. I was so shocked. I was so rude <laughs> that they were cleaning the floor with it. <laughs> Can't you just find a rag elsewhere, you know? All right. Well, we've now got... Nigel's out of the way. Let's go over to our friend Bradley Wright Phillips here, and we'll start just as we did with Nigel. Describe yourself as a player and your qualities. This will be quick. Um. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know, making um, a player no. talk about themselves is tough. Again, like an old school striker. Um, I grew up on you know, watching players like my dad, one of my favorite players, Jermaine Defoe, Robbie Keane. So those kind of players, it was all about running in behind, outsmarting the defense. Um, yeah, and then finding space in the box. I think I had good movement in the box, and then I was pretty quick, so I could get in behind and, and time runs and get Did myself you a one-on-one. -on -one fox in the box? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt like getting chances in the box came, came quite easy to me. But, um, yeah, not too much of the game, but, yeah, more just in behind on the shoulder. All right. Nice. Yeah. Bradley, it reminds me, like, Bradley's like, right, those are the, the, the kind of players that were scoring the goals to foes. Uh, Robbie Keynes, uh, and even Darren Bent to a certain Darren degree. Darren Bent. Like, uh, he, if he needed to get involved in it, Bradley can get involved. But he was a fox in the box. And the thing about Bradley is this, that as a striker, what he does is he knows where the goal is. 
Some strikers, they get the ball and they still don't know where the goal is or where, where the goalkeeper is. Bradley didn't have to worry about that. He knows where the goal is. The goal doesn't move. It was all just simple finishes, wanting to get in behind, knows when to pull off a defender and take that first touch. Very intelligent in and around the box. And that's something that doesn't come easy. It comes with, you know, hard work and stuff and then a bit of natural ability. He was, I'll give him the fox in the box. Clip definitely. that. I don't know if you're going to get that kind of love nice. from yeah, Michael yeah, Coker yeah, every day. Listen, that's, that was, that was beautiful, you, my guy. It's the truth. I, 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 listen, I study the game and watch the game. It's the truth. You do. That's what you see. There's some strikers that you see in a modern game now. When they get the ball, they don't look to see where the goalkeeper is. It's just head down, technique, put it into that place. That was Bradley. Bradley knew exactly where it was. All right, well, that... I mean, Nigel's just yeah. getting started. He hasn't even it had a chance to make holiday. his case yet. <laughs> the Grinch's heart is growing yeah. in size over here at the desk. Um, Bradley, we'll start with you to make your case for a player currently that you think is, is most Damn, like how you work. Um, was this easy? Was this tough? This is tough. I, yeah. I'm just thinking about now. When I got the told that I'm going to have to think of this, I've completely forgotten. Yeah. So... I would say I'd look like an Eddie Nketiah or someone like this. That's the name I picked. Yeah? Yeah, Eddie Nketiah. Wow, what a surprise. God. Yeah, it's one of those strikers that's more focused on, on being in the box and getting goals. You know, he doesn't get distracted by the... I'm not saying Eddie Nketiah doesn't have a good link-up play because he does. He has good feet. He's got football IQ, but he's more in the box, and that's where he gets his Surprises work. you where he ends up. You find him on the back post yeah. a lot. And what you don't get enough credit for was your improvisational skill, your, your creativity in the box. We saw it in the clip. The ball goes up. You don't know if you're going to take it down with a touch or if you're going to find a way to maybe do sort of like a, like a, a reverse bradsicle. kick. We call it a bradsicle. It's like a bradsicle, yeah. It's not a real bike. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's a push. It's a, it's push a lazy scooter. one. And yeah. also, let's not forget the big word as well for that when you teach <laughs> coaching kids that anticipation. Sometimes it's just anticipating the ball's going to go in, in behind or that the first striker's going to win ahead and anticipate getting in behind and timing that run perfectly. It's funny how Alexis says that about Enketia, but you know, the other day Alexis was saying maybe Arsenal need to get rid of Enketia. hundred percent. hundred percent. I know when you said that, I was kind of like, okay. Right. I will give him a pender. Okay. A pender, uh, uh, Make your case. Uh, um, Leipzig. I think for me, it's, it's, the, it's that running in behind, that willing to get in behind, the kind of finishes. Seeing Bradley do that. In many times throughout his career, you talk about getting in behind the happy feet, football intelligence, and it's also having that composure at the end of it to put the ball into the back of the net. Because we've seen some top strikers and some strikers that people have paid loads of money for still missing very easy and basic chances. And I'm not picking on someone, but a certain Darwin Nunes still, a striker that they bought for how many millions, still can't finish into the back of the net. But... I'll give uh, Bradley a pender for me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Not that's saying a, any names, Darwin Nunez. Yeah, not saying any names <laughs> proceeds to say the name. Um, that was well done, Nigel. But I think I'm going to give a joint uh, dub to these two over here because who knows Bradley Wright Phillips better than BWP himself. So yeah. if you guys were on the same page, yeah. Eddie and Ketia. I told then... you you'd like it, huh? I was right. All right. You know, that wasn't that was either. fun. No, that, that was, was not planned. planned. I have to say it was I fun was watching uh, highlights from both of you. That was <laughs> a good time. I enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe he still said I can't pass the ball. Me and you can have words when these cameras off, mate. I'm going to see in the Gravenberg tunnel. I'm going to see in that little tunnel out there after we finish this show. <laughs> Me and you in that tunnel. All right. You know, it was only a matter of time before it got heated between these two. We will take a quick break here on Morning Footy. When we come back, Adriana will return with more headlines. Stick around.
Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here's a look at your Wednesday footy fix. UEFA Women's Champions League action. Roma taking on PSG at 12.45 p.m. on DAZN. Match day four in Group C action. Over in La Liga, fourth place Barcelona taking on 20th place Almeria at 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus In Bundesliga, Wolfsburg taking on Bayern at 2.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Ligun, first place PSG taking on Mets at 3 p.m. on BN. And in Carabao Cup, Liverpool will host West Ham. That is at 3 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. The quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup between those two sides. And in Coppa Italia, round of 16, Inter taking on Bologna at 3 p.m. That one here on Paramount+. Plus. Now let's send it over to Adriana with the headline. Thank you, Ali. We start in uh, MLS, where two-time MLS Cup winner Caleb Porter has been hired as the new head coach of the New England Revolution. Porter led the 2015 Portland Timbers and the 2020 Columbus Crew to MLS Cup titles. Porter's last coaching job was in Columbus. And so he's, we're going to see what he's going to do with the reps. Brazil national team Dr. Rodrigo Lasmer gave a radio interview yesterday where he said Neymar will not recover from his torn ACL in time to play in the 2024 Copa America. Lasmar said, quote, it's too early. There's no point skipping steps to recover sooner and taking unnecessary risks. Neymar suffered a torn ACL and meniscus during Brazil's World Cup qualifying loss to Uruguay in October. Alexis, do you see Brazil being a threat to win Copa America without Neymar? I mean, it's still Brazil, so you still have to give them some credit. Obviously, they're in a bit of a coaching situation where they got Geniz, who I think is an incredible coach. I love the relationism style. I've talked about it ad nauseum on the show. I love how he wants to make it a bit more of a Joga Bonito than what we've seen. It's a little too European for a lot of the Brazilian fans. They feel like they've taken a step out of the style that they they made famous, and that obviously fits their, their style of play from how they develop. That said, Geniz is, is a stopgap. He's a stopgap manager. He's not, he's not the head coach for Brazil long term. He's still Fluminense's coach, and they just won mm -hmm. Copa Libertadores for the first time. Great coach, but it hasn't looked good. Three straight losses. If you're Brazil, you need to see a turnaround. A player like Neymar, getting up there in age, not necessarily the player he was earlier, but he still is the heart and soul of this team. And now you look at this team without Neymar, and there's a serious drop-off in talent. You know, obviously you've got Martinelli, you've got Gabriel Jesus, you've got Gabriel Magalhães in the back, you've got some uh, bigger names, but you still, your fullbacks are a situation you haven't figured out. Centrally, you don't exactly have it figured out. There are, there's a lot of questions, and who's going to be that guy that is going to change the track that they're on right now? Is it Carlo Ancelotti? He has said yep. it's just a rumor. Yeah. Carlos, I think for me, Carlos Ancelotti's got a way to make these Brazilian players play at their best. Like you said, I think when you look at Brazil as a nation and what they've done recently, the Brazilian players have been overcoached in Europe. They become too tactically defensive-minded. They don't have that same freedom no more because of how football has changed in Europe. If they go back to the, the samba ways of football, they have a great chance. And I think that's what they need to revert to. For me, no Neymar's a big loss. But mm -hmm. you still have talent in there. You know, Valicious Jr., so many talents. For me, I would say Paqueta right now, how he's playing at West Ham, he can be one to step, step, up, step up to the plate. And the, re the reality of it is this now, it's time to let Endrick free. We've all heard about him. <laughs> I've seen this young guy play for Palmeiras. It's kid. time yeah. to let Endrick free now. This kid now is the next Brazilian. Too much but it's squirrely. also... Yeah, it may be. And if you want to go... But, Nigel, if you want to go back to Joga Benito or the Samba style, you can't do that without Neymar. 
For me, you cannot yeah. do that. No, with but no, no, no. If I you don't watch, know, I'm not sure what. But we're if you from watch Endrick play, I'm telling you, he is the the oh. the, the, the Brazilian superstar, young kid. There's no question. But that's well the thing with this Brazil team, right? The talent is there. It's just a matter of who's going to step up and meet those moments without Neymar. Exactly, Endrick. Because if you look at great Brazilian teams, the superstars were generally their attacking players mainly. The rest of the players were very solid, good players you can rely on to do their jobs. Whether it's centre backs, you look at Dunga and some of the, the legends of Brazil, Carlos. They had some yes, beasts. They had some, yes, well. yes. But the majority of the time we talk about Brazil was a, a, an amazing number nine Ronaldo, Rivaldo, yeah, uh, Ronaldinho. Yeah. So if they can get one or two of those guys to be those superstars and Ooh, play a lot no. more free. I'm telling you, Paqueta. I'm telling you, Paqueta could be one of the guys. Paqueta's a great player. Vinny, Vinny Jr. is your best bet. Vinny's is Jr. He's not even until January. See, when they, for me, no, Brazil in this, they're struggling. They're struggling. Yeah. Their next friendly is up against England. I forget when it is. Good luck. Just before. Yeah. Good, good luck, Brazil. England, the most informed it's, team internationally at the moment. A tough task. We've got King Jude Bellingham. That's yeah. all we need to know. Just take it to penalties, then they'll collapse. Wow, well, quiet! <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> I'm going to hear a pin drop in this studio. All right. That's hey, we're going to step aside oh, for a quick break here on Morning Footy. The MLS season is wrapped. We're talking stock up and stock down coming up in the next segment. back to Morning Footy, another MLS season in the books, and uh, it was a wild one. We saw uh, quite a few storylines play out, but the biggest storyline that everyone had their eye on was who would win MLS Cup, and that was the Columbus crew under Wilfred Nancy, his first season with the team. When we're looking at stock up, stock down going into 2024, it's hard to see anybody else, any other manager with their stock as high right now as Wilfred Nancy and what he did with this Columbus crew team. Yeah, that was the first pick that I went with, and I think we all agree. Yeah. Stock up, the first name you have to say is Wilfred Nancy. Not just what he's done for the culture of the sport in this country. Uh, in 2015, when I started a podcast, it was because I looked around. I said, well, there's not a lot of – seems like there's a lot of the same folks talking about the sport, coaching the sport, and doing a lot. I was like, let me talk about it from a Latino perspective. A little different than what's used to, which is South American, right? I'm Caribbean. To see Will Fernandez and what he's doing and what this means for the black community in the U.S. that wants to play soccer, it, that, that representation is super, super important. Forget all that. He's an incredible manager who worked his way up from Montreal youth levels, gets, gets a chance to coach with Henri, takes the reins himself, and from that point on has just proven that there is no style of play you can't play in MLS. There's not, you don't have to coach a rudimentary style in MLS. You can ask your players to do a lot on the pitch and they will meet you halfway. And to take someone like a Darlington Agby, a young player like Aiden Morris, and, and this group, uh, you know, Julian Gressel coming off the bench and build this into a team that was unstoppable in the playoffs. Came on late, exactly what you want to do in MLS. Wilfred Nazi deserves it just as a coach, never mind the fact that he's the first black coach to win MLS. Yeah, oh. and inspired yeah, well, style from this Columbus team, which is that hard to do in your first year with the team? Yeah, but we saw this in Montreal too. This yep. is not, you know, something that's, that's new. It, unbelievable manager. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's that. It's the style of play. Like, every week, he was getting a lot of criticism. He's like, oh, they don't defend one, well, they don't do this. And he just won in his own way with the players he chose, with the style of football, and won the MLS Cup. 
It's unbelievable to see. You, you, when, when teams get to the finals, you see them change. They might, they might change their way when they play against a, a certain style of play. He doesn't do that. He plays in his way. wins championships. Yeah, and he plays his own way, and he won like that, which is so refreshing. And to neutralize in that final an LAFC team that I think everyone would agree going into that match was one of the strongest. We've seen were that now there? the last Did couple they, of seasons. <laughs> no, it didn't look like they were. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Every single strength that LAFC came into that game with Columbus Crew just completely neutralized it. it. They were the strongest team from start to finish in that game. And that hearing Will Nancy talk after the match, it got me fired up. I'm like, I would love to play for this yeah. guy. He just seems like an unbelievable person and manager, and everyone was so bought in. Yeah, I, I spoke to a few people at Montreal who knew, knew him and everything like that, and he's a sensational manager. The reality of it is he had Columbus playing the best football in the league. You know, um, the only competitors that I would say that played great football as well was probably Houston. Yeah. But for me, Wilfred Nancy, what he's achieved is absolutely sensational. And I can speak from uh, an ex-black player's perspective. We don't get representation like that. You know, he's, he's got his opportunity and he's shown what he can do. Played the best football. I'll disagree with Alexis to say it about you can get anyone. No, it's a manager and a coach. That's what you see from Columbus Crew. That's a manager and a coach doing that, implementing that, getting players to understand and buy into it. It's a different level of just going in there and you think that, oh, we can do this way and play it this way. Loads of managers and coaches that I've come across and seen don't have that ability to get players to understand the style of system, why we do this. This is why I need you to do this as a player, because when you do this, it makes this happen. So many managers don't have that ability, but he got them to play so well um, they didn't play with pretty much proper centre-backs for most of the season. They questioned, people questioned their mentality like I did towards the end of the season, saying that as good as they can be, they'll always concede a goal yeah. because mentally they're not strong enough to see out games. But for him to get them to go all the way through and beat an LAFC side that had the experience on them from last year's run and to win this is absolutely sensational and to be a black manager to do it as well. I think he deserves a lot of credit and it's just hard to argue against that. Yeah, absolutely. Deserves Stock his flowers. Stock all the way up and higher expectations for this Columbus team going into next season. And we always talk about in the postseason, especially it's all about the momentum. You want to go into the last game that you're going to play in, which is everyone hopes is the final for them in your best possible form. That was a Columbus crew. Well-deserved on the flip side. when we're talking about stock down a team that could not get any momentum going, had problems on and off the field was the LA Galaxy, which it feels weird to say that the LA Galaxy, which is one of the most historic and storied clubs in all of Major League Soccer, is in the position that they are now, especially with the timing considering that LAFC is now on the scene. Where do LA LA Galaxy go from here, and why have they found themselves in this position with their stocks so, so low? LA Galaxy in in, in a lot of trouble. Just... I'm going to talk about just on the field. The product on the field is, is not good enough. they got a player in Ricky Pooj that is, yeah, he's a good player, but he can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. No. They don't have a, a recognised number nine. This is like the most famous franchise MLS has to offer. And they finished where, 12? Yeah. 12. It's, it's unacceptable. Like, for a team of this stature to finish 12th in the league, their stock is all the way down. They need big changes come next year. Do you know what I'll compare it to for other football fans out there? I'll just say LA Galaxy were the Manchester United, <sighs> and now LAFC have come in to be the Manchester City. That's how Great I look at it in that LA thing. That, that, that is just the reality of what on. you're seeing right now is that's Man United back in the day, and now Manchester City have come in LAFC, yeah. and they've just taken over that city. I'd that's like to reality. see a different... I'd like to see a different 
a different approach from the Galaxy. You know, they're used to just buying big name players mm -hmm. and that player comes and puts the team on their back. I would like mm -hmm. to see them go with some, but the, some the, youth the, the and, problem, and get a real identity because I don't know what they're trying to the do. But the problem is you've got the, the, the name LA Galaxy. The LA Galaxy fans are going to want to have that. They, 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 they were the team that, outside of MLS, everyone knows yeah. LA Galaxy. That's the thing. When you talk about America's Oscar, everyone knows LA Galaxy. Now things have changed slightly, obviously, with Inter Miami and LAFC but they're used to having the best, the big marquee players. That's the foundation that you've created of that club. So it's going to be hard for them to go away from that and go in a completely different you can direction. Still find, you, can find, you can still find top DPs. The, the problem be... is they haven't got the right DPs and haven't gone that's the is, right that's way. That's yeah, exactly what I'm building saying. It. I think that's one of the issues... Building. Building. Greg the... Vanny, Greg Vanny yeah. comes in from a really successful stint in Toronto. Seems like the perfect manager to take, uh, or I should say head coach because it's MLS, the perfect head coach to take this team to the next level, bring them back to that glory. Because let's be honest, they're, they risk the opportunity to become irrelevant in their own city. Uh, Los, Angeles, uh, Los Angeles Football Club has now had the second year there in the MLS Cup Final. They, they, they have proven that they are going to be consistent. Yeah. They have proven that they're going to continue to bring in great players, big names, to try to push LAFC further and further and further along. They're, for them, success is winning MLS Cup and getting it to champion in CONCACAF. Now the Galaxy, they're fighting to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Which, by the way, has expanded. So now nine teams make it in each conference. So for the LA Galaxy, it's not just the pressure of having the name, you are the LA Galaxy. It's the pressure of, oh, nine teams make the playoffs and you didn't. Yeah. Well, the, the thing as well is you look at teams like Real Salt Lake, who've always been that team that grinds its way through. They've spent money and looked good and they had a bit of an indifferent run, but they're spending money and all these clubs around them are being more competitive. The one thing that worries me about LA Galaxy is Ricky Pooch. If they give this young man the power that he seems to be craving and wanting, that is a big mistake, in my opinion. Why? Because as a, as a good young player, it's fine. Deliver it. But when he gets the kind of power that he wants as that DP there... We've seen what DPs do in MLS when they go rogue. They know the power that they have. The worst thing you can do is give that much power to a young player because the reality of it is, if you want to compare it to the rest of the world, if he was in Europe, he would never be given that power because you still have to perform and you have to play at a discipline level which you can be held accountable. But when some of these players get certain amount of power, they're not held accountable to the rest of the dressing room because of the whole DP thing. That's he, the thing. It's that's the nature of the, the DP. Yeah, but he's, he's in America, so that, it doesn't really matter. I hear what you're saying, but he's in America now. They, they have a player with so much talent. They have he to build talent. a team. They, they have to build around him. They have to build around him. Okay, to some degree, you want to give him the power, but you expect him okay. to rise to that occasion yeah. and be a leader But he needs the pieces. He needs the pieces with him. As a manager, if he's not performing and stuff because he's a DP, all of a sudden, I can't touch him and move him because he's the DP, but he's not performing. And then you've got a young kid. You that's he was the one bright spot. Yeah, and he was. DPs they do need, get he, he needs help. Right? But he has a lack of discipline. Like, he's good. Watching those games, analyse that game there. As talented as he is, he does have a lack of discipline. Where You've you got to make him a bit more disciplined. If you want to be successful in this league, that's just the reality. I, I think like it's hard to judge Ricky Pooj. Yeah. It's hard to judge Ricky Pooj with how poor and inconsistent the LA Galaxy were this last season. Yeah. That's my opinion. I yeah. think you do give him uh, what he wants. You, you build the team around him and then Ooh. you see. Then you what, see. What? That's my opinion. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see you what happens. You give him a few next. pieces. They, they, you give him enough play. money, you expect him to rise yep. to that occasion. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, we will take a break here on Morning Footy when we come back. We are talking some Club World Cup. Stay with us.
Welcome back to Morning Footy FIFA Club World Cup Final is set December 22nd. Fluminense taking on Man City 1 p.m. Eastern on FIFA Plus. Man City found their way through after a 3-0 win in the semifinal against Ordera Red Diamonds. And Holland, Kevin De Bruyne, both on the bench. But Man City would find their way in front in stoppage time of the uh, 45th minute right at the end of the first half. And uh, this was a, a Man City side, by the way, that was struggling to, to get some wins in, in league play. So maybe a bit of confidence can come from this. But Man City got some good luck in stoppage time off of an own goal. Marius Hoybroughton deflected the ball into the back of the net, Oof. sliding uh, to try and put out a Nunes low cross. And that one just instead Honestly, placed beautifully. Fox in the <laughs> right? box, like Brad Fox and Phillip, the box. <laughs> just like BWB. Look uh, at this, then just cooking. 52nd minute, Mateo Kovacic finds uh, the second for Man City in this match. And it Great was uh, his first Kyle goal Walker. for Man City. Yeah, fabulous time. pass. And then 59th minute, Man City would add a third via Bernardo Silva. And nice attempt by the keeper to stop the first one. Doesn't get any help to clear it all the way out of the box. And that would be the end of the day for Man City. Big 3-0 victory, and they are on to the FIFA Club World Cup final. That, that gives you a nice uh, bounce back. If you're Manchester City, I think it's the first time they haven't taken a point or they've, what was it, the four matches in a row, whatever the stat was, they haven't done it since 2016. So obviously they've been on a little bit of a rough form, but it's still Manchester City. You know the second half, second half Manchester City, is like this is like an action film. And you've got in Kevin the second half, you know the going to win, right? right? Whatever the stat was, that was yeah, the Yeah, I remember the stat. Was. So whatever <laughs> the stat was. Nigel's just waiting to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, but this Man City side, every one of us expect them to just keep getting stronger despite maybe a little dip in form as of late. And a big reason for that belief is the fact that you've got Kevin De Bruyne coming back into the mix. How much more does he move the needle for this already very successful team that has a lot of high expectations riding on them this season? He's just such a unique player. Consistency, quality, football intelligence, uh, world-class player to have. And he brings that extra X-spice to Manchester City. When they come across teams that are so well organised defensively with intelligent players or good as players at the same level as them, Kevin De Bruyne is that special source that comes on that can unlock that defence just because he has that ability to see a pass and deliver that pass at the right weight, the right time and make things happen and unlock that it's, door. It's because he takes a risk, Nigel. A, yeah. a lot of players nowadays, they worry about their numbers, they worry about their stats. I don't think Kevin De Bruyne cares if he loses the ball or not. If he sees Haaland or a forward player making a run, he's trying it. And that's where games are won. We think it's just the goal scorer. Games are won when there's a, a number 10 or a midfielder that ain't afraid to, but to find a through ball or yeah. to you know find a last pass. You know when you say he's, he's willing to do that, there's willing to do that, but there's willing and to it, do and that they with can that quality yeah. level and executing, and that's what... He brings. He's just so sensational. Yeah. He doesn't make very many mistakes, but he's also not afraid of it. Not afraid. Which is incredible. And by the way, the stat, I actually have it written on my notes. Oh, First time, like look, it's, no, no, it's really in my notes. Is it XG? First time going winless in three straight games. Straight games. Three straight games? I think he's having a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fat guy. Don't be careful. If my wife's watching, she's scared. Uh, since to December say of 2016. Yeah. Uh, but what I want to say about Kevin De Bruyne is how long is it going to take for him to get back to that Kevin De Bruyne, mm. that fully matched for Kevin De Bruyne? Dude, City dropping points, three straight games. 
Do they have enough time where Liverpool's, your Aston Villa's, your even your Arsenal's? I was going to say, Nigel. take it long to mention I don't, I don't. Oh, because he always, he always uh, says all the other teams except Arsenal. He's even said Tottenham has a, I don't, a, a I chance. I keep Arsenal out of my mouth. Anyway. He really yeah. does. Yeah. He will go through to great lengths to avoid. Kevin De Bruyne, for me, I, I'm, uh, to and your point. I didn't point, say anything. Kevin De Bruyne plays in that final third. For him, it's literally just to deliver in that final third. That's what Pep Guardiola wants for him. So it's a different kind of level of fitness yeah. from it. There'll be a basic foundation. But you know, again, you talk about just the qualityness of the player that he is. He will deliver in that final third. I'm excited to yeah. see the final because I think for me, it goes back to a conversation we had. Fluminense style against Manchester City is going to be very interesting. That's, like Fluminense play the Brazilian Samba way. Yeah. So for Manchester City, this is going to be a different type of players they're going to have to come up against who... These players are going to be very creative and wanting to do those one-on-one situations and take mm-hmm. players on and just do things that are not so structured in a t- and team style. Man City's also struggled to keep the ball out of the back of that. This was their first clean sheet in nine matches as well. So that's something to, to look at with this team. How much does Man City win this year? Like how many, how many trophies, how many titles? Oof. Pep wants to win this. Pep definitely wants to win this. He wants this. Well, they win this. They uh, start with winning this. Yeah. This is completing football for him, right? He's won every other trophy. Well, yes. Yeah. He, he, Other than he, like Europa and, and, and yeah, Conference. he's he's made statements clear that he wants to win this. That, that this is and uh, they will and they will. Um, are you talking about the rest of the season also? Yeah. Is, is, Pep, you're not winning the Premier League this year, mate. Um, I think that's Arsenal's. I don't see Woo! them winning the Premier League. <laughs> We should invite Bradley. Right <laughs> I know Bradley needs no, to come in every I, I single week. He's so good at this. I, I forgot he played I don't the think, Red Bull. I don't think Arsenal will <laughs> win the Premier League title. I'll say uh, Arsenal will not win the Premier League. All right. League title. Well, hey, let's continue this discussion in the break. <laughs> we'll uh, come back and talk some Copa Italia when we return here on Morning Footy. Stay with us. Aim to cause another upset of this 77th edition of the Coppa Italia. Balenice! Rosinone, Coppa Italia dream here tonight. And now clean through is Casal for Frosinone's second goal. Doesn't miss a beat. The giant killing is complete. Frosinone, for the first time in their history, have sent Mazzari packing here tonight at the Maradona. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Here is a look at the Coppa Italia bracket as it stands at the moment. All matches, of course, streaming here on Paramount+. Plus. Frozenone spanked Napoli yesterday 4-0. The final score, they are through to the quarterfinal where they will face the winner of Juventus and Salernitana. Meanwhile, Lazio get the 1-0 win over Genoa. They are through to the next round and will face the winner of Roma, Cremonense, and then the other side of the bracket, Inter Milan, the nine-time Coppa Italia champs will take on Bologna. They will face Fiorentina in the quarterfinal. And on January 3rd and January 2nd, Atalanta taking on Sassuolo at 12 p.m. Eastern, January 3rd, right here on the Galazzo Network. And AC Milan taking on Cagliari at 3 p.m. Eastern on Jan 2nd. Also on the Galazzo Network, the winner of those two matches is through to the quarterfinal on January 9th. Really a spread out competition here in uh, Coppa Italia, as uh, we'll have a little bit of time before we figure out how the quarterfinal shakes out but when we look at yesterday's result Napoli the last year's Scudetto champs uh, losing 4-0 to Frozenone I mean maybe this wasn't their total priority but I think we were all surprised (laughs) by but with the starting lineup which did have some rotation 4-0 is uh, that's a 
that's a pretty uh, – Drastic yeah. drop-off. But also known a young team, uh, they play a very attacking, attractive style. Uh, similar to the way a lot of players or a lot of folks will talk about like a Columbus crew or a or Tottenham. They're going to go for it. And they're going to get caught out in the back. So it's either, you know, feast or famine with them. And, you know, big old feast today. <laughs> big old uh, feast. <laughs> I mean, Napoli's got, you know, you assume their depth is better yeah, be. than, than Frosinone's starting squad. Uh, there was no obviously no Oshiman, there was no uh, Cavara. Only, only the start of the game, but they came on. Yeah, 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 because they needed them, yeah. and it still didn't help. Nah, but the, the, the worrying thing for me in that game is, when Napoli conceded that first goal, they literally crumbled. Mm. They crumbled, and Frozenoni took over. Because before that, Napoli were dominating the game, but when they conceded that goal from the corner, and at that time, Osman was playing, because he, he was frustrated, because he was the player that was slightly behind um, the Frozenoni player that got the header and it went into the back stick. But after that, it literally, they just capitulated. They just literally gave up, giving the ball away, bad back pass, second goal, third goal, Frozenoni, just a simple run right down the middle. And it could have been four or five nil. And you look at this, this is the first goal they conceded. Look at this. And then now you look at this, another one from just a simple bad back pass. Frozenoni player takes it all the way. Great finish. And then they concede a penalty. It's just poor defending. But I think that there's another breakout that Frosinone had that the keeper managed to pull out a save. But the way that they crumbled with the players that they've got and a competition that really and truly you would think Napoli would take serious to try and win. And it just goes to the point we talk about defensively. January, they've got to strengthen up defensively. They still just haven't looked the same since Kim's left. Especially if you're conceding four goals to a Frosinone team. That had in their last five matches four goals combined. Where are they on the table, Frosinone? I mean, this is... Frosinone, I like Frosinone. what you say. Frosinone. Uh, they, they are not at the top. They're, uh, they're, in 13th. <laughs> uh, they're, they're in 13th, uh, bottom half of the table. I mean, you, if you're Napoli, and I said this yesterday, and I assumed if you're not competing at the same level, winning a Scudetto or competing for a Scudetto like you were last season, here's an opportunity to get a, another trophy, something. Yeah, just something to show the fans like, hey, okay, we switch managers. Maybe not, th- not everything went to plan after, you know, Kim and Jay leaves. But look, we've got a trophy, or at least we're competing for a trophy. We're getting to a final. We're pushing on. Something to inspire the fan base. And, yo, we know how fast the Napoli fan base yeah. will turn but, on But to team. not start Osiman, I mean, that was not to say that not putting on a full-strength squad. There's a I don't whole think... list of players that they didn't start. They clearly. Yeah. Yeah. But, they still, but the thing is, they dominated the game. They dominated the game. They just couldn't score. But then when they conceded that first goal, that's when it literally looked like the players just downed their tools. It just went So you're questioning the mentality. Oh, yeah, the, the mentality of how they, they concede the goal and how they just gave up after, that's the big concern. And you could see in the players after the frustration and the embarrassment, because as much as they changed it and Osman and these players didn't start, they're still expected to beat Frosinone, with all respect to, to Frosinone. Yeah. And you wonder how much, of a, how much of a leash, how much of a headway uh, Walter Mazzari gets as the new manager. There, there has to be a turnaround at some point. Well, he, there has yeah. to, there has to be, you have to yeah. show progress. And right now it's been up and down. Well, he would have learned a lot yesterday from that squad. If you give him players chances, then that's the result you, you, you turn up with. You're not getting too you're, many more chances. You're showing the strength and depth. Yeah, and you ain't as deep enough. as you thought. No. Well, two teams that have had strong seasons in Serie A are Inter and Bologna. Kind of the surprise. They'll face off this afternoon in the round of 16. What are your expectations for that matchup, Nigel? Uh, Inter. Inter will probably yeah. go all the way. You know, Inter, very good side. And uh, someone on this panel said, you know, defense, uh, defenses don't win championships or you don't build teams to win championships and have a good defense. Not even, not, even, <laughs> but anyway. not even three of the words I used. Anyway. Well, you used four of them. But 
Inter Milan strength comes from their ability to defend well for 90 plus minutes. They can grind out a result. They've looked very good in the attacking sense. I think Taram's been a, a great addition to them this year. Uh, a legend of a father he came from, you know, Lilian Taram, for mm. those who don't know. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, into uh, what we see of Inter. And I love Inter because I love the identity. And it hasn't just happened this season. It's like for the course of the last three or four seasons, this has been the identity of Inter Milan. Defensively well-organised, hard to break down. And now they're adding goals and they, they want to win things. And like, mm -hmm. They want to compete in all fronts. And as good as Bologna's season as they're having, it's going to be a very tough ask for Bologna. But it, it's been a quite a change from last season to this season for Bologna as we take a look at what they looked like last season compared to this season. Last year, seven wins, uh, seven draws, two losses. Uh, this season, or I'm maybe doing that wrong. No, I'm doing that correct. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> loss, loss, draw. Um, but when you look at where they were sitting uh, last season in 11th place to this season in fourth place, um, I mean, what, what's been the difference? I, they're completely different. First of all, Joshua Zerks, Zerksy, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Absolute great season. He's got two assists, seven goals up front. But I'm going to shock you guys a little bit. They're, they're number 10. They're, 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 the person pulling the strings is a Scottish guy. <laughs> We're talking about Bologna. <laughs> what? Okay? <laughs> what? I'm not making this up. He's got two assists and three goals. Lewis Ferguson, that name, Ferguson. I don't even know how you would say it in Italian. It, they don't have a, a way to say it. Ferguson. This guy is, they've I mean. He's got a brave heart. Yeah, basically. Got, got a brave heart. He comes out in a kilt the whole night. Uh, I mean, this is, a, this is a team that's exciting to watch, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that. Just like uh, Nigel said previously, ask me not what your kettle of fish can do for you. Uh, if we're going to give each other the wrong quotes, I'm going to do it as well. But no, Nigel Previous was correct. There's no team that's better defensively right now than Inter. Inter is just absolutely a stout, stout team. And the moment they get that possession back, they attack. And they've got a guy in Latoro Martinez who will absolutely snipe you any chance he gets. So I'm, I'm expecting Bologna to play well but not be able to handle Inter Milan. You say Martinez. No, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> Martinez. Lautaro Let's... Martinez. Listen to me, England. Martinez. <laughs> say it with me, guys. Martinez. Martinez? Can you Martinez. say it? Ugh. How Ma do you say it? Martinez. Martinez. There you go. <laughs> My G. Sorry, Alexis. No, okay. okay, quick predictions. For, uh, for this match? It's not going to be an easy game, but I will go with a probably 2-1 win into Milan. 1-0 Inter. Ooh, I yeah. can see 2-0 Inter. 1-0. All right. All right. I like it, guys. Let's, well, the uh, predictions didn't go well last yesterday. Sorry, we Scotland. That, I mean, Napoli do they, were they gonna, ever go right? Yeah. I mean, for, for those that know in there, yeah, Napoli are going to walk through this one. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. Well, they, they got walked, dog walked. They walked through <laughs> a little too uh, casually. 4-0. Woof. All right, we will take a break. <laughs> Welcome back to Morning Footy, wrapping things up here on this Wednesday edition of the show. Here's a look at your footy fix for today. UEFA Women's Champions League action on this match day four in Group C. Roma taking on PSG at 12.45 p.m. on DAZN. In La Liga, fourth place Barcelona will take on 20th place Almeria. That is at 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. In the Bundesliga, ninth place Wolfsburg hosting second place Bayern at 2.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. In Ligue 1, first place PSG. 
hosting 14th place Mets at 3 p.m. on BN. And in Carabao Cup action, the quarterfinal between Liverpool and West Ham at 3 p.m. on ESPN+. And in Coppa Italia, Inter taking on Bologna. That's going to be a good one. 3 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. Round of 16 action, my friends. But when we uh, let's focus on a couple of these matches. And uh, looking at the Bundesliga, Bayern in action today, Leverkusen in action today the first and second place teams in the league, taking on teams lower down the table. But if you were to see an upset, perhaps, I mean, Leverkusen have yet to lose a match. Would today be a day that you see them tripping up, or are they just too good? Against uh, Bochum? Bochum. Uh, uh, they should be called no fun. Uh, <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, no, I don't think Leverkusen slips up. Uh, not against Bochum. Uh, if it does, it's going to be, you know, another Fresno versus Napoli situation where, you know, maybe the maybe Leverkusen doesn't take this match. I can't imagine why. It's, it's in Bundesliga. Mm. So I think this is going to be a standard win for Leverkusen. They just have, they have too much talent. Yeah, same with this Bayern side as well. You, do you see them... Uh, Sliding at any point or just getting stronger as the season wears on? Getting strong as the season gets on. Um, I think that they're, they're realising how good Leverkusen are now and how much of a real title race they're in. The only thing that I've seen that they've questioned Bayern for sometimes is a, a bit of a leadership problem right now with some of the players in there really lacking that real uh, leader historically Bayern. Mm. That's something that's being questioned a bit right now. Uh, you know, the, the senior players getting older, Muller and all that, and uh, they're worried about that, but... I could see them getting stronger as the season goes. This is what they always do, though. They always do that, Bayern. They always have a little blip in different results, especially around this time of the year. And then come the second half of the season, it's a different Bayern. Would you not consider Harry Kane? Would you not consider Harry Kane a leader on he's that team? He's a quiet leader, isn't no, he? No, he's not really a leader like that. It, it, it's, it's, well, he's it's, England captain. You need he's that more. captain. He's got to have some leadership he's an, about Yes, him. but there's a, it's that vocal leader. That's mm. what's kind of missing, really, that ag- aggressive kind of leader on the pitch. Yeah, it seems to me like he's the kind of captain that shows you with his actions. Yes, how to then be. actually being he's not the, the kind, vocal, kind of guy that's going to grab your shirt in the locker room. I'm assuming. I by don't the know scruff him. of your yeah. neck. Does yeah, every yeah. team need scruff that? He, he's got to be talkative. You, you don't captain your country, a big club like Spurs, and then go to. You, you're not. No, I think he's, he's, not, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. I don't think he's holding anyone by the scruff of the neck. It's the England thing, though. He's like, let's be real. If you if you look at a real England captain, and I'm not saying because he's the best player, like Jude Bellingham, because Jude Bellingham has everything about him. He's got that leadership. He's got that vocalism about him, how he plays and everything. That is an England captain. Harry Kane is England captain because of his goal-scoring ability. You know, England's best player, most advertised, but he's not that, he's not that vocal leader. England's captain, we're sketchers. What a day, huh? <laughs> you know Nigel was a vocal leader, that's for sure. There's oh no doubt God, about yeah. that. I think, if I, think was, his, I think if you saw his bank account, you wouldn't mind. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Probably go and get I think also yourself. Nigel was vocal, not a vocal leader. I think he was just vocal. You like you. I like you. You get him, Nigel. Oh. Get him. Don't let him leave with that. Hey, we Chill, should have thrown throw you overboard oh, at that tea man. party. Hey, this has been fun. Bradley, come back again soon. And uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.